0: Hello and welcome to Aisha Presents with me Aisha Nabi. In this episode we'll be discussing race and sexuality and how it affects men. I'll be talking to Bolly Illusion who is a British Asian performance artist who embraces the influence of South Asian and pop music bringing a message of female empowerment, a Bollywood extravaganza of non-binary piece of art. If you or anyone you know are affected by any of the issues raised Please click on the link in the episode description for further advice and support. It's good to talk. This episode contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. This series is sponsored by Arima CBD oils, which many people have found helpful in alleviating the symptoms of physical pain and anxiety. AREMA have an extensive range of CBD oils in varying strengths, their researchers have extracted pure hemp oil from organically grown cannabis plants without using harmful chemicals. All of their products are manufactured and tested in the UK in a strict and methodical environment, making AREMA CBD amongst the purest on the market. Visit www.arema.co.uk to make your purchase. If you use my code AISHA10, you will receive 10% off on all your orders. I'm joined now with Bolly Illusion. Thank you so much for coming today, Bolly. It's no. So lovely to see you.
1: Lovely to see you, Aisha.
0: <laughs> How are you doing today?
1: I'm wonderful, as wonderful as I can be. Um, yeah, I'm great. It's a new day, it's a new week. I mean, it's Tuesday today, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, new day, new week. And, uh, but I'm blessed. So, we're good.
0: Um, can I just say, I absolutely love your nails. Uh, I know Thank this isn't you. visual, so everyone can't see how yes. magnificent your green nails look, but they're like claws. I love them. They they're are really claws.
1: Yes, this is the first time that I've gone for like long length. Um, and uh, I can poke people out now. It's
0: a weapon. It's a weapon
1: <laughs> for all the homophobic people out there. I'm coming for you.
0: So tell me a bit about yourself and your background.
1: So with me, so everyone knows me as Bolly Illusion, but my real name is Anthony. Um, I come from West London in a place called Southall and um, my family are uh, South Indian from Kerala. So yeah, that's it really. That's it in a nutshell, but I think that my ancestors are putting me in in a more of a you know, like, find your soul moment right now. And I think it's kind of crazy. Yeah.
0: So it's a generalisation, but most Indian families are regarded as socially conservative. What was it like for you and your family coming to terms with your sexuality?
1: Yeah, I think there's never really a, a right answer for this one. I think they're still coming to terms with it now. I think, like... With my sexuality, it was a thing that was, I was always very feminine, flamboyant. I was always dancing around. And so I think naturally, just being feminine, they didn't really question it. They just let me be. Yeah. But then as I got older, I started realising I, I was having feelings for guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and even now, it's still funny to just like say it out loud. I don't know why. It's, like, it's always a thing where I think coming out isn't just a one-time thing. Coming out is, I feel like I'm always coming out. So it's like, in terms of my sexuality, yes. They know that I'm queer, but they still can't really like speak about it. Do when you know did I mean? you
0: first come out then to your parents? That must have been so scary.
1: Yeah, it was. So I came out um three years ago now, so when I was like 23. Yeah. Um, and it was after school. Like, so I was working in a school as a teaching assistant right. at the time, and one of the students, he was like, he was gay. He had all the like tendencies for to be like a gay kid because I he I related a lot like, from his actions and what he was doing. But he was, like, in battle with himself because he knew he was gay, but, like, he could never outly say it. And he would say, like, oh, I can't tell you something sad because if I did, i will kill myself. And so then it would, like... These very dramatic, things, <laughs> very dramatic. But when you're young, you yeah. also go to these so things. It's so scary
0: because you're, yeah. it's, you're, you're quite vulnerable when you're young as well. Yeah,
1: and there's nowhere for you to turn. So it's mm-hmm. like, I want to be like, Look, I know you're gay, but obviously, there's rules and regulations. Like, I can't be like, Look, you're gay, you can speak to me. Yeah. He had to actually say, I'm, I'm gay, I need to speak to someone about it, but mm-hmm. he never did. So, this like baggage and layer I felt from this kid, and it was how I used to feel when I was in high school. So I was still putting myself now back into this position again Mm -hmm. by trying to help this kid. But the problem was was that I didn't even come out to my parents. So, yeah, I came out to, like, myself and, like, my friends, my close friends and my cousins. I never really came out to my mum. And so I was like, you know what, this is also just leading back to me having to be honest with my mum. And also my partner at the time was like, you're still just... You're still just lying to your to your parents. You're still living this double lifestyle, mm. which is what you don't want to do. The
0: thing is, it's hard, though, especially with an Asian culture. It's okay yeah. to come out with your friends because they have that support network and they can understand you and they know you. Mm-hmm. But your parents only know certain aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. I know it's the same with my parents. My parents don't know everything about my life. Mm-hmm. And it's always that much harder. So it must have been double hard for you yeah. to come out for your parents. and. Yeah incredibly stressful I mean one thing that really inspired me is that your parents encouraged you to embrace your feminine side because I think that's quite nice because with kids you shouldn't really say oh boys play with cars girls only play with barbies yeah When me and my younger brother used to play barbies together I used to paint his nails Mm -hmm. we never really saw it as a problem same with my nephews Mm -hmm. we let them like paint their nails and stuff. We try to let them do what they want and what they feel comfortable doing. I think it's more damaging, don't you think, when you assign things to little kids like you can't do this. Yeah,
1: I always say that like um, there's only one way for a male to do it and there's yeah. only one way for a female to do it. I think that's already just giving them the structure of how to live their life without them actually being able to experiment and try it. And then if you do experiment, like even like. With me, there's so many straight artists who do paint their nails and it's seen as, like, completely fine. Yeah. And, like you know they get applauded but for someone who's queer like me I can go that one step further and like add like a little bit of length yeah. but then that all of a sudden is like why are you doing that that's wrong that's bad I
0: actually love them like I'm, I'm looking at them now <laughs> I think they're absolutely fab like, they're
1: outgrowing growing though baby don't look too hot they
0: look so cool
1: thank you love them do you know what I mean it's, it's like this double standard of like just because they're masculine yeah. or they're presenting masculine that's the
0: thing when you enforce when you, when you those kind of like rules onto people it does create double standards mm-hmm does create problems down the line Mm -hmm. so coming back what was it actually like then when you finally told your mum was she like okay with it was she um no
1: no (laughs) even now to this day she's still not really supportive of it she's like I call them silent supporters yeah so they love me so Mm -hmm. much they care for my well-being they want me to be happy in life and so for that reason they let me be and they let my queerness exist within myself but they still Don't accept it, really. Yeah. Like, they're open enough to understand it and, like, educate themselves on it. You know, I educate them on it a little bit as well. But with that, they're still not really happy that I'm queer. They're just allowing me to be. I
0: think these things, especially with Asian communities, it does take time and progress. It's the same when you introduce people of a different race because certain people from Asian backgrounds are a little bit more cultured and Mm -hmm. they have that culture mindset. So I think with all these things... It does take a lot of progress and baby steps. They might have to take a little longer, and I'm sure one day your mum will be completely supportive. She will like I saw this really hot guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <You like. laughs>
1: yeah, but I think it's about breaking them barriers yeah. as well. But you know, so I came up to her and. Um, she was like, you need to pray more, because um, my family background, we're Catholic as well. Yeah. So she was like, you got to pray more, go to church. Like, this is just a phase. And I was like, okay, if you think that this is a phase, but that's going to let you get on with your day so that you're not like overthinking about it then let that be but just know that like this isn't a phase yeah this is real life and I'm being honest with you and I'm being open by saying like this is what it is um take it or leave it and she took it she didn't leave it she didn't leave me so it's really like incredible and I think even like coming Coming out is like, it's really sh- a shitty thing because you have to do it. Mm. Like you have to, like we have, to, we don't have to, but then you have to in the sense of like, it's a release for me, it a release of endorphins of, of the sense of like, actually now that I've come out, especially to my mom, I'm now like unraveling all these other layers that I never thought was there within my identity, which is like crazy as well. So it, it doesn't just stop at just, I've just come out and I'm gay. Do you yeah. know what I mean? They it's like much a more. weight
0: off your shoulders as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Um, What inspired you from that point then to become a drag performer? So I think it's
1: interesting. I Growing up, I would always be dancing. So I did like dance competitions, like community ones. So my family are from Kerala, like I was saying, and we speak Malayalam. So it's not like... I love the sound uh, of that. Malayalam. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like... um, (laughs) Love it. Yeah, and so... We had, like, a strong community in Southville where I was growing up. Um, so we do loads of, like, dance competitions, dance shows, etc., etc. And I used to do this dance style called Bharatanatyam, mm-hmm. which is, like, South Indian classical dance. And I was the only guy at the time that was in the Bharatanatyam troupe. All the other people were girls. And um, it's kind of like an Indian... It's an Indian classical dance form, but it's normally done by females as well. Um, and so my parents were always like, why are you doing that? Like, that's that's, like, a girl's... Yeah. Uh, form of like art, art artistry and I was like no but I love it I love it and so they realized I was really talented in that so they allowed me to carry on but still I think I was already doing drag in that without me realizing because I used to wear makeup and like they used to put me in like you know like they used to put me in makeup basically that's already in itself is a, like drag in, in, yeah. in that sense so I kind of was already doing it but then when I started going into the gay world Mm -hmm. of like going to the queer venues and going to queer spaces. I realised that like I was already attracting like these people that enjoyed my dance energy and like being a part of that. And then I realised that drag drag is there and so now I can now
0: express yourself down that avenue. Yeah. I have seen your dancing on Instagram which I will be tagging in the episode description so if people want to Mm -hmm. follow you they can. Mm -hmm. And you look absolutely beautiful I've shown my mum by the way
1: thank you what did your mum think she
0: thinks you're stunning of
1: course she does when
0: you're in drag <laughs> oh my god you're so gorgeous Yay, honestly the makeup, you. the dancing like your moves are just that's why I said to you before we even started recording today that I need to see you live yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it's just it's, it's beautiful but speaking of performing and acts and everything mm. everyone suffered during lockdown and with all the live performance venues being shut for ages how mm. did that affect you and your fellow performers
1: oh my god it was awful. I literally was like, that's it. My career's done. Like everything's done. Because as soon as like the the lockdown happened, when it comes to entertainment and all my peers as well, we are literally entertainers. So our job and like we're not our office is basically the stage Mm -hmm. in that sense. And like an audience is basically is our is our office as well. So it's like once that's all gone, that's basically been stripped away. We can't really, like, work from home. And so I tried to do this whole, like, Zoom thing and do Zoom performances and, like, do, like, dance workshops and do all of these things. But it wasn't just the... It wasn't the same at all. Mm -hmm. The energy wasn't the same. Like, even trying to teach people, you can't exactly see them. You can't really help them out because it's a physical activity that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I really didn't like it. And so I did it it for a bit, but then I stopped. And then so I made myself... uh, like, create more work within the time that I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. So I was, like, thinking of ways of how I can do, like, my own solo shows and, like, how I can uh, challenge myself as an artist. And, yeah, that's what I basically did. Some
0: been. people did stuff over Zoom and everything. Did mm-hmm. you, Did you like, go down that route as yeah, well? Yeah,
1: yeah, I did loads of, like, performances, like, through Zoom and I did loads of dance workshops, Yeah. Bollywood dance workshops through Zoom as well. But I really didn't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, because like, it's
0: it's, a hard, it's harder, you don't get the same feel as no. being in an audience Because they add to an atmosphere, don't they? Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like a completely different vibe I was going to ask you actually at the very start, but I forgot But where did the um, drag name Bolly Illusion come from? Obviously I'm guessing Bollywood But yeah. like, how did you think of putting Bolly and Illusion together?
1: So my partner at the time, we were like really interested in like tarot cards mm-hmm. um, And we were doing like, tarot card readings of each other, like, together of each other and then a, a card came up called Beyond Delusion, and it's like a butterfly with a face. Like that was the image, and it was like, I love butterflies. I find them so the story of butterflies and the creatures so beautiful.
0: And coming out the cocoon also very yeah. similar to coming out, you know, as, as gay. exactly yeah. as
1: coming out as gay, or just even coming out as with Something your gender new expression. And beautiful, yeah. yeah, very that. And so it was like, wow, like that card really resonated with me. And I think with Bollywood, the reason why I put it on there is because I kind of wanna. Put Bollywood there so that people recognise that Bollywood is a style, mm. but also fuck you, and in the sense of can I, can I swear by the way? You can swear, swear. Um, in the sense of like, we we'll Bolly- just have
0: to put like a thing at the start.
1: Yeah, no, but I mean, mean it in the sense of like, um, the ideology of Bollywood and like how it's. I just find Bollywood is one note now, and there's yeah. there's so much toxic toxicness. I can't say the full word toxic.
0: Toxicness, toxicity. That's it. That <laughs> one
1: in Bollywood where it's like I also want to show people that it's it's an illusion as well like Bollywood is an illusion it's
0: a great it's a great play on word because thank you it's like I get where you I get where the Bolly is from obviously Bollywood but the illusion because it's like kind of like this facade Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. keeps people Mm wondering. and the reason and I love that kind of explanation with the butterfly because it is it's so cute it's a very cute um kind of like adjective simile for it you know when you're a caterpillar, you turn into something beautiful. It's like getting mm-hmm. that confidence, becoming a new person, a new chapter. Mm-hmm. It's very nice, very symbolic. Yeah. I, very, I very like that.
1: Thank you. And thank you for that. Because even with, when I saw that card, it kind of resonated with me so much to that level like you're saying mm-hmm. that I was like, wow, okay, this is going to be like a rebirth. And in the, in itself, like it has been body illusion is basically my rebirth. It's kind of like the Sasha Fierce of Beyonce in that sense.
0: Everyone's got a secret ego. You know, I know I do.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We do. We when all you get have all egos. dolled
0: up and you're out, you feel like and you feel confident it's like another kind of ego of you yeah everyone's got one I'm sure Sam our producer's got one he's looking at me like no comment
1: <laughs> no he's agreeing, he's agreeing. <laughs> yeah
0: he's got one <laughs> yeah
1: we all do and I think right now though I'm in a position where like with my work it's doing it's speaking to a lot of people mm. and I'm doing quite well in it like like I think I'm I'm very proud of myself but with that it's like I have to check my ego I have to check that like it's not just about being amazing and, like, being this, like, representation. I mean, I feel like I'm being underrepresented anyway. Mm. But in that sense is that I am also kind of one of the few representat- like, representations of, like, a queer South Asian British-born person living in the UK. Do you know what I mean? you
0: ticking all the boxes, but Yeah, very much <laughs> that. But
1: then also now I'm in a position where, like, there hasn't really being anyone in the public eye that's come before me where I could get advice or, like, be like, yeah, this person's, like, helped me through this journey. It's kind of like I'm going through this for myself, by myself. Yeah. And so it's like I'm just kind of trying to, like, get through it by being the best version of myself, Yeah, if that makes it's sense. It's a
0: great way of being. But, but also, I want to also add, mm. I saw the... Because it was quite a while ago now, but um, you were on Vogue Italia.
1: Oh my God, yes, I was. And you
0: looked absolutely beautiful.
1: Thank you. That was such a monumental moment for me because I would always be like, I'm never going to be a model. Like, I didn't have you the hype for insane, it. Like, you insane, seriously. Like
0: Great figure, great everything. I said this to Jordache. For those of you who don't know, me... Uh, and Anthony, Bolly illusion, we met at a photo shoot for One Wear Freedom, which yes. is a sustainable clothing line. Yes. And we did a photo shoot together. And I was like, wow, his body is, like, amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: But, yeah, that those images were so gorgeous.
1: Yeah, it was incredible. And also it was for um, Pride Month, but also the campaign was to do with uh, um, embracing your body hairs mm-hmm. and also showing that, like, You can be a drag queen or you can be feminine, but also... Or be a female and also have body hair, like yeah, it make should, it normal. Let's normalise. Yeah, normalise exactly. and yeah. because um, it's also beauty, and I think we've been given uh, we've been given our bodies and our figures and the way we look for a reason. And I think it's so easy to just change it now. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of it is to actually just keep it and like really love our insecurities. I think is the main thing. And with that campaign for Vogue Italia, it was very much that. Like, all there were so many queens that. Uh, with myself, like with me included, we were all kind of embracing our insecurities and I think that's what people need to see more of and not be adds, afraid of it. it
0: adds. The insecurities, the flaws, it adds to your authenticity. Mm-hmm. And I think this definitely has because you're definitely authentic you you beam authenticness and i think when you embrace kind of your flaws in that way or they're not even flaws it's just normal things but you know there's such a like uh, taboo against like women having body hairs or even drag artists you're showing you know you can Mm -hmm. you can do both Mm -hmm. they both can coexist together Mm -hmm. so i think it's a really like it's a marvelous thing um there's so many of these new terms and labels to identify people with at the moment Mm -hmm. i know you mentioned you class yourself as non-binary how would you define that to people who don't know what non-binary means? And also, do you get offended when people use the wrong terminology? Okay.
1: This is a very long-winded question, but I also... <laughs> I think for me, I'm also trying to figure out my non binary So when it comes to questions of, you know, my gender, I'm also still trying to uh, navigate it. But I think... So for me, an expression of non-binary, I believe that it means that there's just no gender. Like... I embrace my feminine side, and I embrace my masculine side. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm heavily masculine, and I don't think I'm heavily feminine. I think right now, in terms of me and my non binaryness, I find that like I've been so suppressed with holding in my feminine energy um I was always afraid when I was younger now that I'm not afraid of it anymore, it's kind of like this new burst of like really embracing my feminine side Mm -hmm. but I still am masculine in the sense of that that like I'll still wear joggers like I'll still just you know and I don't say that
0: joggers aren't masculine though
1: (laughs) I know that's what I was gonna say but like in terms of for me it's like that is a very like masculine thing do you know what I mean like I if I'm wearing joggers or if I'm just wearing whatever I find that like that's like masculine for me yeah you know what I mean that's what
0: you define as masculine yeah Yeah. and that's fine Yeah.
1: yeah so it's like in terms of, like, what I'm wearing and stuff like that. But I just think that, yeah, it goes beyond that. And uh, there's not really... Non-binary is just about embracing both of your your feminine, your feminine, your masculine, in my eyes. Um, so and that's I,
0: how you would define it if someone asked you, what what does non-binary mean? That's how you would say it. It's yeah. just embracing both. Yeah. What would you, would you get offended if people use the wrong terminology? Because it's, like, obviously now Instagram's introduced it now. Like, you can say he... Sh- um, her she and like they them yeah all of
1: that um for me personally i don't i don't really but um i know a lot of people that do and it's because they've also gone through their own trials and tribulations and their journeys with it and Mm. so that's why so i get that side of it as well but me personally i don't it's like even with my name it's like my name's anthony and i'm south asian i've already got so much like shit already to do with my name yeah so that it's like when it comes to my gender I already get that on a daily anyway so regardless of what they're calling me in terms of that word he she they it doesn't matter because I'm still getting people being rude towards me or being like amazing I'm still getting that that energy so I just don't really look or feel too deep about it I'm just like literally just being and I think now that there is more conversation mm. to with gender i um, also just allowing myself to just embrace being more feminine yeah. as well as masculine
0: I feel like there's also the counter argument that now that there are these new labels people are probably going to think oh they're putting us in like categories and boxes what do you make of that then?
1: Um, I also agree that there is like these labels and boxes and stuff like that and that's why for me it's not really like whatever you want to call me like call me you can call me alien and I won't really care (laughs) as long as you know me individually or like who I am in that sense for like whatever reason then that's fine I don't feel that like labels need to define me anymore like even when it comes to gender. Like, that's why I class myself as non-binary. But then when I say non-binary, I see it as, like, genderless. It's just, like, yeah. male and female, whatever. That's basically So I think
0: it. it comes down to all about progression, having that conversation, getting to yeah. know you and seeing what, like, they're comfortable saying. Yeah. But obviously, it, I'm just... That question with the wrong terminology was more based at people they didn't really know. And they said it because... God forbid if someone says something wrong and someone's going through their journey, that would you don't want to want to do anything to affect their mental exactly, health. Yeah,
1: I think the best way to to um, go to like go towards that or go through that is that just ask them like, oh, what are your pronouns? Like, yeah. that's just the best thing to do. Or if if that person then is like, oh, my pronouns are he, him, they, then you just know it's just. just call them he him they yeah and that's basically that really yeah. or just they what I've realized well especially being in the scene is that like I just call everyone they them or like angel or like you know just a word that is like can that be
0: used universally
1: universally exactly yeah. and it's like you're still giving love you're not you're not giving off bad vibes yeah um and I think when it comes to like gender and like the whole like you know people being misgendered I think the people that are misgendering are like saying it from a bad place as well, it's not really, like, they're, they're actually doing it on purpose to, like, ups, like offend someone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's not cool. That's when it's, like, not really cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Um And even if it is confusing, like, so yeah. what? Like, let it be confusing. Mm. You're not... I feel like people that find it confusing, they don't really want to educate themselves to find out more. They just see it as confusing and it's long, so bye.
0: Yeah, I've you know? made, like, obviously, we've all made mistakes. We're all learning, we're all growing. I've probably made mistakes in the past, but it's nothing out of spite because mm-hmm. I want to learn and I don't want to say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. But obviously, where there are these new terms, it's, you people are going to make mistakes and say the wrong thing. But it's all about, if you're willing to put yourself out there and learn and actually understand, yeah. then that's progress in itself. Yeah, exactly. So it's just actually being more tolerant of other people's choices yeah at the end of the day
1: but on the flip side as well I think it can get a bit like um frustrating in the sense of like for me as well and a few other like of my peers it's like I feel like we're always having to educate and like let people know about like these new things and it's like we're also still trying to figure it out as well yeah and so it's like I also don't want to say the wrong thing either like I feel like I put myself like as an ally um Or like someone who is the face of something. Like I don't want to say the wrong thing. Like I feel like I put my pressure on myself to do that when it's like actually I don't need to put pressure on myself. I'm still figuring it out and still being my my true authentic self. Basically trying to anyway. (laughs) So, um,
0: with mental health, when you were struggling, (laughs) when you were struggling to come out, how was that for you?
1: I think for me it was like I was just building up all these scenarios and all these things in my head that were never really there in the Mm -hmm. first place it was just you just think of all the different scenarios of how it could go and then you're like so what do I do in this situation what do I do in that situation but then I realized you just have to let it be you just have to have these conversations even if it's going to be the most difficult the most difficult conversation you're going to have in your entire life you've still had that conversation Mm -hmm. you've let it out and I think once you've done that that's the best thing you can do um and I think even when it does come to mental health, it's like right now I'm also going through a whole journey with my m- with my own mental health. And because I'm like,
0: lockdown obviously has exacerbated everyone's mental health. Girl, yeah. Did you have like bouts of anxiety? And yeah, depression? I had to tell my mom
1: like I had like an anxiety attack, and I like had to tell my mom like mom like look. I had an anxiety attack and I was like I've got anxiety and she was like yeah but why like and then we were having a conversation about it like she was confused as to where my anxiety came from and she was questioning it all and I was like sometimes you don't have to question these things it It just just happens happens. yeah and so even for her then we had a conversation with my cousin and then my mum was saying how she has had like anxiety attacks as well Now, and I'm like wow so it's like From me saying I've had anxiety or an anxiety attack, it's kind of got my mum to realise that she also has anxiety. I think anxiety is universal as well. It's Mm. just how you learn to deal with it. It's on a spectrum of
0: severity, like how bad you have it. But with
1: our cultures, I think they see mental health as, like, the be-all and end-all and, like, that's it. Yeah, like,
0: like don't talk about it. If you talk about it, it'll make things worse. But actually talking about your problems will help it. So much My mum's the same. If I'm feeling down, she'll be like, don't talk about it because you're going to make yourself feel bad. But actually... What I've learned over the years talking about things it shares an offload you feel a bit lighter sharing how you're feeling. Yeah. So the reason why I asked you the mental health question obviously because you're you're Asian and you're you're gay and you're in the drag community that must have been quite rife especially during lockdown. Yeah. Your mental health. Yeah. How how, how are, were the ways that you found coping? Like coping yeah, mechanisms?
1: meditating a lot. Like I did a lot of guided because also for me during lockdown I think a lot of my like past encounters and like I was just in like heavy thinking deep mode of like I'd like with my life there was like there was a pattern like Mm -hmm. a constant like pattern or a circle of like I'm in a loop here and I was like beginning to like break apart the loop yeah and I was like oh my god all of this is so much like because so during lockdown, we all had so much time to just sit with ourselves and sit with our thoughts. Mm. But then it got to a point where I was like, oh my God, I'm thinking about this way too much. Like, how can I not think about this anymore? Or like, just how can I think about it less? And then I started looking at like meditating. So like guided meditating to let things go. I'd also do like drawings. I'd meet up with my girls. We'd go to like, the park and like still just like talk, socially distanced, of course, and <laughs> um, I think that
0: helps so distractions distractions yeah. always help when you're in lockdown with your own thoughts it's the worst thing
1: yeah and I'm a very people person like I've, I've got an addictive personality so <laughs> like once I'm, with, once I'm out bitch I'm sorry <laughs> once I'm out I'm out like there's I don't need to get home until the early mornings of the hour but even with that it's like social butterfly yeah so from going to that to then completely being trapped into like back into the cocoon it's like oh my god this is crazy I was a butterfly before so it's very much like weird but I realized that sometimes you need that like there's a balance yeah so you have to have good times and you have to have bad times and it's just about navigating your life and once you find that technique then you're winning baby <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who is struggling to open up about their mento- mental health and what advice would you give to someone who is scared or nervous about coming out
1: So I would say just speak about it like literally even if it is like looking at yourself in the mirror and being like I'm mentally unwell or like I'm gay and you look at yourself in the mirror that's like the first step Mm -hmm. and then the second step is like actually speaking to someone that you generally love so like it could be a partner it can be your best friend it could be your mum just someone who is like your next of kin basically and then you speak to them and be like look I've got an anxiety problem, or I've, I've just, just, I've got a problem. And once you actually say them words and you say it to someone, it could be daunting at first, but, like, it releases so much, like, power in that moment because you've been able to say it. And if you can't, or if you feel that you're not in a position where you feel that, like, you can't, then I'm sure there's always someone online or, like, you know, like, there's helplines. And I think, even for me, I used to look at these helplines as, like, a piece of, but like like a piece of nothingness um but then actually there are people there to actually help Mm -hmm. you um and even like for me like I was saying to my mum like mum I need to start seeing a therapist and it's like you know actually saying that look admitting to yourself that you've got a problem of whatever it is not even a problem but like you want to explore your gender you want to explore sexuality speak to yourself about it and then really just yeah like let it be and don't overthink I'm someone who overthinks and I'm tired of like having to overthink and like think about all these problems. Like let's let it happen and let it flow and you'll live a better life.
0: <laughs> Sound advice. But yeah, definitely with your point there, I think the most important thing is actually establishing someone you're comfortable enough and someone you can trust who you can feel vulnerable with. Mm-hmm. It's important to be comfortable when you're feeling vulnerable to let those emotions go because Mm -hmm. there's nothing worse than like sharing all these things to someone that you can't be vulnerable with. Yeah. So yeah, talk to someone you're close with. And what would what advice would you give to someone who is struggling with their mental health? Do your guided meditation, I'm guessing.
1: No, but the thing is I think even with that, like, you find what helps you. I think we we as all humans could give give advice to like everyone. Mm. But I think there is ways that you individually will find a way to it's a coping mechanism i guess in that sense like everyone finds their own way so i could say guided meditation because that helps me but for my friend that guided meditation doesn't it doesn't help my friend at all it, so i think it like it's just finding what works for you what works for yeah. you but also i think it's just finding the resources as well which is another, another hard thing Of like finding like there's art therapy of like you know or dance therapy or music therapy there's all these things Mm -hmm. that like are there to help you with just figuring things out but it's just finding out which is the best one yeah Um, and trying them all out as well I think even with me people always like I wish I could dance like you and like you have all the moves like so incredible and I'm like but we can all dance like we all have bodies we all are able to have movement it's just finding your own rhythm and finding your own confidence and your confidence yeah. yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Bolly no Illusion. He's it's my been angel. so lovely having you. I say
1: thank you. We've uh, been saying this for the for the longest time, we've made it happen now.
0: Yeah, we finally made it happen, but we've got to do it again though, mm-hmm. sometime exactly, soon. Exactly, yeah. But it's been so lovely to see you.
1: Lovely to see you.
0: That's all we have time for now. Tune in next time when I'll be joined by Josh Lipscomb to discuss the benefits of yoga and meditation. Don't forget to subscribe.
1: Recorded and produced by the AV Club Podcast Production.